0: Hello everybody, welcome once again as we continue on in a series we've been doing now for quite some time called Vineyard Verses. Vineyard Verses, um, for those of you that are tired of Vineyard Verses, we're nearing the end. i got a few more. i got a few more weeks in me, but then we'll change. And uh, uh, we got something else coming up. But I want to finish up the, um, the verses we're looking at now in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Throughout this series, we've been taking passages of Scripture that I think are foundational to the Christian life and we've been working through them a verse at a time and I'm encouraging you to memorize them I think it's just very helpful to have a library of Scripture available to you and so we've, uh, we've looked at Hebrews 10 19 through 25 together and talked about you know throne room perspective we looked at the Philippians 4 4 through 8 verses we talked about not being anxious we, um, we looked at 2 Corinthians 5 17 through 21 we talked about our mission of one more and now, these verses that we're looking at in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, um, sort of encapsulate for me our goal of being all in. You know, that's our heart. We want to, one more is our mission. We're, we're trying to introduce people to the kingdom of God. But once we introduce them to Jesus, we want them to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We want them all in. And I like these verses talking about all in heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so we've been working through that together. We've, We've already talked about loving God with all our heart, we've talked about loving God with all our soul, and we talked last week about loving God with all our mind. This week I want to talk about loving God with all our strength and what that looks like. So that's the intro. Transition is always a bad joke or two. These are pretty bad. Although last weeks were pretty bad too. So so were the weeks before. And the. But I like this. This week a guy knocked on my door. And he uh, actually, he asked for a small donation toward a local swimming pool. So I gave him a glass of water. (laughs) I thought that was... (laughs) I uh, I like long walks. Especially when they're taken by people who annoy me. All right, all right, all right. The last little thought I had, give me ambiguity or give me something else. That was was really good. All right, I'm done. Scripture reading, math, something for everybody in that little. I was watching someone explain the one before over there, and so I may not have delivered the last one properly. She, I think maybe she was still looking on the first one. I don't know. Anyway, Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Um... In Gospel of Mark, we get just a little bit different take on it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And um, so I wanted to add that one in today and talk about that. To me, that's really the... It's, that's all in, right? Heart, soul, mind, strength. We talked about our heart sort of being the control panel uh, of our lives, you know, the, that where motivation comes from. We, we talked about our soul being our personality and our emotion, and... and uh, and then we talked about our mind last week, you know, where we engage knowledge and wisdom and, and imagination into this entire process. And, and uh, all those things are, are very inward things. But see, loving God with our strength, it's the outward expression of heart, soul, and mind love for God. And, and that's the idea that I want to talk about today. So, so let's hop right in. Point number one, how do we love God? with all our strength. How do we love God with all our strength? What am I talking about? We do that. We love God with all our strength by choosing to live for Him on a daily basis. And, and there's something that I want you to connect with this idea of loving God with all our strength. And, and if you can get this, it will make a huge difference in your life. Loving God with all our strength isn't about you know, just loving Him with our own strength. What it's about is loving Him with the strength that He gives us. I want you to connect with that. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. So He gives us strength, and, and with His strength, this is the strength that we can love Him back with all in. And the reality is, see, everything that we have has been given to us by God. And and so God will never ask us for something that He hasn't already given us. And and there's this, this is really liberating. This is a life changing sort of concept. If you can grasp this, we're, we're to live each day as people who understand that everything that God requires of us to give Him, He gives to us first. He's He's not required us to to give anything that He hasn't given to us. He doesn't do it that way. And, and when you begin to understand that your life, your life in Christ, your, your Christian life is through Him and always through Him, everything begins to change. So you have to, you have to begin to see yourselves as, as receivers of what God wants us to have and then give whatever He asks us to give out of what we receive. That's how we operate in this life. He's given you everything. Everything that you have is from God. Everything. And, and, and you've received it from Him. And, and so all He's asking us for to do is to, is to figure out what He wants to, us to give to Him back. And this, this concept should be a way of life. Receive and give. All of us have received different gifts from the Lord. So we can all be givers of different things for the glory of God. And, and so in loving God with all our strength, we, we figure out how God wants us to give from all the blessings and the gifts and the talents that we've received from Him. This, this is the process. And it changes the way that you look at life. It changes the way you look at this relationship. It, it changes everything. Because it's not about what you're doing for Him at all. It's all about what He's done for you and then just giving back to Him what He asks in, in return. And it changes the way that it's... So it's, it's, it's a completely different way of looking at life. And it's, it's freeing. It's liberating. In 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4, says... His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. See, what that's saying is He's given us everything that we need in this life. It's all come from Him. It's from His power so that we can have, have life uh, in Him. And and because of the promises He's given us and, and all that we know about Him and all that we know that He's doing in our lives and his promised to do forever, we, can, we actually participate in this divine nature. When, when you begin to just be sort of a, a vessel that the life of God flows through into the world around us, um, it, you're, you're participating then in the divine nature and it allows you to escape it says the corruption in the world that's caused by evil desires all that mess that we get ourselves into because of our selfishness and our sin begins to slip away because it's not the focus any longer we're not it, it's we're not missing out on anything we're not we're not giving out anything that he hasn't given to us already it's a it's a completely different way of looking through this life. And so this this life of loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, it's it's not a a, 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 like following a bunch of rules thing. It's it's the life uh, of the power of God flowing through us that we can experience. And it changes everything. Too many people have this n- switched around. They don't have this right. They, they sort of think about all the, the things that they're doing for the Lord and what, you know, the great sacrifice that it is when the reality is everything is coming to you from Him and it's just walking in it and extending it back to Him as He directs you and getting to experience the, the joy of life in Him and, and directly in the power of God. And it, it's, it's, it's life in ways that we can't even imagine. And, and this life-giving power that, that He gives to us flows through us. And, and it changes everything. And it allows to, us to live for Him. You know, I- enjoying and extending His amazing grace and mercy to the world around us. We receive it and we, we give it back out. And it, it changes our viewpoint. It changes our perspective. It changes everything about us. So you, you, you never want to get stuck in, in thinking that, you know, okay, I'm just going just gonna to follow the rules. That's what it's all about. But it's not. It's, it's about yielding to the power of God in you. And, and, then, and then just looking for him to lead you and guide you in the process. And so I like to take that and then, and then use this terminology, but make sure you're not thinking I'm talking about following rules because I'm not. It's just it's point number two, and you've heard me say this often. It's living by trying to do the next right thing. See, that's not reducing things to rules. It's, it's, it's engaging in life in the power of God and then going through your day just trying to live for Him. Not trying to earn anything, but because you've, He's already given you everything, just walking through it and then learning what He wants you to do as you go. And and so as we begin to experience the life that comes from living as receivers and givers of his divine power one of the things that should happen is we begin to understand that he's way better taking care of us than we are it's a pretty big deal because we we sort of we don't always think that we can trust God see almost every struggle that we have with not doing the right thing the next right thing is a trust issue with God. Sin, and, and it's, it's because we, we think we have to take matters into our own hands. And, and so we, we get off track. And part of that's not thinking, because we're not embracing that life as receivers and givers thing. And so we're, we're out there doing it in our own strength. And we're, we're trying to make things work. And we're trying to take care of the things that we think we need to take care of. And yet, we have to learn in this life that he's much better at taking care of us than we are. And he wants you to experience life. He wants you to... That's the heart of God for you, is that you experience a full and abundant now and forever life. That's his heart for you. He's not this big meanie in the sky who's out trying to get you. Too many people have that image of God. And that's why they get stuck and can't live, you know, sort of receiving and giving because they're, they're convinced that God's just out to get them because they're stuck in that rule mindset that they can never get right and, and so they get, they get stuck in this process and see he wants you to experience life when we mess up which we'll do we have to know that we can just go running back to him and he's there for us and he, and he loves us and, and he, he always have, I, I hope you always have that picture of God in your mind that, that whenever you mess up, you keep running back to God. He will always forgive you. It's his nature. It's his heart. It will not change. He will never go too many times. He'll just love you and he'll say, I'm for you and he'll empower you by the Spirit again and just go and do the next right thing and off we go again. And so we, we don't deal with the guilt and the shame and the mess. We're, we sincerely are trying to live for Him. It's, it's not an excuse to go and do what you want. You're missing the whole point. It's, it's just this desire of living for Him and, and every day hoping to do it a little better. Uh, you, you know, I always tell you that. It's my hope every day. Just a little better than yesterday. And some days I get there and some days I don't. Um, but it's my hope. I don't I don't ever want to, you know, sort of wake up and think, what can I get away with today? Or I want to do the least amount possible today for you, God. And then live for me the rest of the time. Won't that be great? Um, and it sounds ridiculous, and yet that's what we do a lot of times. What's the least I can get away with today? And Because I want to do a whole bunch of me stuff. And, and it doesn't work that way. So we we respond to this amazing love that's always for us forever for us wanting the best for us the way that we respond is, is we just we decide you know what I want to do things his way his way's better than my way I'm going to follow his book instead of the culture uh, and, and anytime that my understanding and his understanding are different I'm going to need to trust him and do it his way because he's got it figured out and I have it but, but that becomes the heart of it I just want to do it your way. You know, the whole idea of confession in the Bible, um, where where it talks about, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, will forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. People go, you know, well, it's okay, so I just go and tell him all the bad stuff. Confession is is so much more than just going to say you're sorry. Confession um, with with, with God is basically going to God and saying, the, the word in the Greek is homologeo, which means, you know, it's, it's your, your right, God. Your word is right. Um, and I was wrong. It, it's you had it figured out. I didn't. And, and so, Lord, I'm going and I'm agreeing with you and your word and, and realizing I didn't do it, the, you know, the way that you would have me do it. And my way was wrong. And, and that's, you know, tied up in this whole process. That's why we go running to him. We're going, you were right. Because he's always right. And that's how we learn. You were right, I was wrong. Your way's right, my way's not. I want to do it your way, God. And, and, and so the more that we do that, the, the more that we figure out that His ways are right and that we can trust Him in doing it His way. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And it's such sage advice, it always has been. Everything, lean on Him. And so with that in mind, I want to talk about you know just a practical... Aspects of trying to live by doing the next right thing. Having all this sort of, you know, help us through this process. So, life, you know, our day-to-day lives are, are they constantly present us with opportunities to choose if we're going to do the right thing or the wrong thing. And, and if you begin to look at it that way, that's, you'll see it, it's just sort of throughout the day. There's this series of opportunities coming at You do the right thing, do the wrong thing. Now, the wrong things... Um, we would we would refer to those as temptations temptations and and what do we do when we are tempted to do things that we shouldn't do uh, and fortunately God has this neat plan in place that we can get back to because he's empowering us to live rightly for him in the process and and I love this verse 1st Corinthians ten thirteen. you should know this verse no temptation has seized you except what is common to man and God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under is isn't that amazing you're living by his power anyway so whenever a temptation comes at you he will always provide a way out always it will always be there the way out will always be there all you, all you have to be aware of is that it's coming and you look for it, and that's what you do instead of doing the wrong thing. You look for his way out. It amazes me how, if you won't rush into doing the wrong thing, but you'll wait right there, he will always provide a way out so that you can stand up under it, so that you can bear it. Now, let me, let me break that down a little bit. And then standing up under it is really doing the next right thing, not, not going in the wrong direction. So, little letter A there is, is this um, it says, When you are tempted when you are tempted, now all of us face temptation, it's not the temptation itself isn't sin, it's given into it, alright everybody deals with temptation um, uh, so it says in verse, you know, part C of that verse, when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it when I read that verse, I always like to think of that verse this way and you know, instead of when you are tempted I love to ask myself this question fairly routinely is is this instead of when you are tempted is this when are you tempted when are you tempted it's a great sort of probing question since it's something that we deal with all the time it's something that we should be routinely asking ourselves and so so you know when are you tempted and, and you know ask yourself the questions because generally there's some sort of pattern involved in you doing the wrong thing like I said, you don't usually wake up thinking, I'm going to go jump out there and do the wrong thing today. It happens over time. And there's a pattern that's in there somewhere. And if you look at it, it's very helpful because you can go, I know this pattern. I've played this game before. So when are you most tempted? That's a great question. What, what is it? Is there a time when you're most tempted? Maybe it's when you're tired. Or maybe it's, you know, if you're stressed. Or maybe there's a variety of things and you start thinking, you know, whenever I'm feeling like that, that I feel more tempted. Um, what is it that you're doing where, where, where are you when it happens is there a place where that happens who are you with is, maybe it's a good question what is it that seems to be currently the thing that seems to move you in the wrong direction and that will change generally over time I find like I get victories in some area and then there'll be a new thing that comes up and I, I have to I gotta wrestle through that one for a while um and then the, you know this is key how do you feel right before you're tempted and in particular how do you feel try and get a how do you feel ju- you know there's a point in time you, it's a, you make that movement what were you feeling when you made the movement to doing the wrong thing ask yourself so that when it happens again you're aware of it you start becoming aware of it you're not just falling into it or drifting into it and, and you know is it? Is the enemy? You start asking yourself: Is the enemy just trying to trick me right now, so that I don't experience the real life that God has for me? Because that's what's going on. He's trying to trick you, and he's, he usually uses, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We've talked about some of this stuff. Is one of those things happen? Because once you get a handle on where you're vulnerable, um, you can see something more clearly. And what you see more clearly is when you, when you get to that point, when you really can recognize it, as little letter B. He always provides a way out. Always. You just, if you, if you catch yourself at that spot, and you begin to recognize it, here's the way out will come, and it just will show up. Now, one of the things that you can really do at that point in time is when you recognize with that, and you, you, you recognize, okay, this is generally where it goes wrong, is that you should always at that point pray the temptation prayer that I've taught you in the past how many of you have been here for any length of time you've, you've, you, I've had you write this prayer down in fact you should probably write it again this is the temptation prayer so that you know it so you get in that thing here it goes, get ready <clears throat> HELP! people, I, I am so serious that that will stop you from things you can't even imagine, if you say it and you mean it. God help, just help. Not eloquent, not just help, help. And He does. Listen, why? Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That's a time of need. When you're about to start doing the things that you shouldn't do. Cry out for help. He gets it. And he's ready to respond. And when you cry out, he'll meet you there. It's what he does. So though this whole thing. When we When we settle in on this. And just allow this idea of. You know that it's by His strength that, that, that we live this life we're, we're receivers and givers, we receive from Him and we give as He instructs us back to from life and everything that we're doing and out of that comes the life that we really long for, we won't get it by turning to any of the things that we should, uh, shouldn't go to, the, the enemy will try and trick us and trap us but we become aware of it, we cry out for help, God meets us there because He gets it and He helps us and He'll always meet you there and, and it will allow you to experience this, this joyful, Christ-centered life that, that just continues to grow in this love for God all in as we experience more and more of Him in our lives. So that's what I want you to think about this week. Love Him with all your strength, but realize that all your strength is really all the strength that He gives you to love Him back. And let that begin to change the way that you sort of think about these things so that you find the life that He's called you to as we love Him all in. Amen? Amen. If you're watching by video or, uh, or on the webcast, thank you for doing that. And we'd love for you to come and visit us. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page. And um, put your prayers in there. And we will pray for you. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.